Welcome to Well That Was Weird, the podcast, Serial Saturday edition, where each week we discuss a different killer and give our opinions on their heinous crimes. My name is Isaiah. And uh, I'm Chance. And this week we are discussing infamous killer Carl Pansrum. Uh, he's, I don't, he's not one of the earliest serial killers that we've talked about, at least, you know, uh, year wise, I don't believe. Um, uh, no, cause I think the Velisca murders were earlier than that, weren't they? I think so. Yeah. The Velisca act uh, murders. Yeah. But, uh, Carl Panzerum is, uh, kind of famously known or infamously known, um, for, not so much uh, the murders themselves, but how he carried himself, uh, the forward and aggressiveness of just how he approached murder and yeah. uh, situations, uh, which we're going to get into. Um, Carl, uh, born Charles, uh, went by Carl. Uh, he was born yeah. in uh, June 28th, 1891. Uh, he was an American serial killer, but he was known... Uh, his crimes were rape, arson, robbery, and burglary. Uh, in prison, he confessed and wrote an autobiography, uh, which he was, uh, he stated that he's killed or suspected of killing over 100 people. 21 he confessed to, uh, and but they've only confirmed five. And we'll get into a little bit more because he, he kind of played those numbers up uh, oh. way, way higher than that. Um, <laughs> They did. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I mean, back then, it's kind of like, you know, they're saying, well, he could have murdered up to a hundred people. Uh, he yeah. says it's more, but I mean, he only confessed to twenty-one. But when in, any mm. time someone asked him about it, he was like, "Yeah, I killed all those people." Like he's <laughs> <laughs> and just the uh, like the casualness of how he killed people. Like he would just shoot somebody and be like, "All right, I'm good. Just keep going." Yeah. Yeah. I. I was I was kind of, you know, reading about him a little bit because I, I I have zero knowledge of Carl going mm. into going into this episode. Yeah, he's um, uh, a lot of people mainly know him for those quotes for his for his famous quotes, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, I've come across some of the famous quotes. Um, you know, I I was I was one that stuck out to me. Um, he, he has a, a big journal that he used. Yeah. Uh, Panzerum, a journal of murder. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, he has, he had a, his own journal that it wasn't necessarily titled, but you know, this author kind of collected a bunch of them all together. And Panzerum, um, he basically, uh, he differs from a lot of the other serial killers that we've talked about because a lot of other serial killers are motivated by sex or sexual impulses, but Panzerum is really just because he hated people. <laughs> yeah, he he really did, and like he performed brutal sexual acts on men. Uh, I don't think it ever, or he ever claimed or ever sexually assaulted a woman. Um, no, but the thing is, like, he wouldn't. I don't think he ever said like I'm gay or anything like that. He was just a an aggressive, a brutal guy that, like you said, he hated humanity. Like he, yeah, and even and we'll get into it later. But like, even when it came to his own death, 
I mean, he was just like, get it over with. Like, I, you know, fuck you. I'm done. Like, let's just do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, it says here that, um, he never even claims to be gay or have homosexual tendencies. The only reason why he, he would rape men was as a means of torturing and humiliating them. Yeah. It was like a dominance thing to him, like to show that he had power over everyone. And that was his thing. Like he, he saw himself as being above everybody else, which is like why he killed people. Cause he's like, you're beneath me. I'm just, you know, shoot them and, and all that. Yeah. And let me tell you, this guy's mug shots. (laughs) Yeah. Just no emotion. Like he gave zero shits. Um, (laughs) So getting into it here, uh, Carl was born in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. He was the son of uh, Prussian immigrant parents, Johan and Matilda. Uh, He was raised on his family's farm with eight other siblings. Uh, He did feel weird uh, from a young age uh, that saying by uh, age five and six that he was already a great liar and a thief and claimed to be become meaner, you know, the older he grew. Um, According to this, in 1899, he was in juvenile court on a charge of being drunk and disorderly. <laughs> and, and he was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> in, in 1903, at age 11, he was arrested and jailed for being drunk and <laughs> incorrigible. Uh, that same year, uh, when he was 11, he stole cake, apples, and a revolver <laughs> from a neighbor's home. <laughs> <laughs> in October of that year, his parents sent him to the Minnesota State Training School. Well, uh, while there, he was repeatedly beaten, tortured, and raped by staff members in what attendees dubbed, quote, the paint shop, uh, because children would leave painted with bruises and blood. Panzerum hated this place, obviously. I, I mean, anybody would. Uh, yeah. So much that he decided to burn it down, and he did without detection on the July 7th, 1905. I, uh, I do think it's worth mentioning here. That's where he claims he killed his first victim. Was at in that, that school. Minnesota State Training School. Yeah. He claims that he killed a 12-year-old boy at the facility, though it's never been verified. Hmm. Now, so. in 1906, he was paroled from Red Wing Training School after stealing money from his mother's pocketbook. Uh, yeah. And by his teens, he was already an alcoholic and was in trouble with authorities multiple times, often for burglary uh, and theft. Yeah. He ran away from home when he was 14, uh, a couple of weeks after his parole and two weeks after attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric with a revolver. Uh, yep. And he became a hobo. Uh, he just became a transient, uh, living from train cars to cities to the next. Uh, he did claim that he was once gang raped by a group of hobos aboard a train. Okay, <laughs> it's not funny. That, but... I, I read that when we were talking earlier and I almost laughed, but I'm like, there is nothing funny about that statement. But if you just say gang raped by a bunch of hobos, <laughs> that's awful. Okay. okay. In our defense, In our defense here, we have talked about on just the regular episodes and the Serial Saturday episodes some of the most horrific things ever. 
So gang raped <laughs> by four hobos is <laughs> Jesus. It's it's almost that's it's almost that is too, too much. I mean, and he went on to rape, according to him, a thousand men. Like that that <laughs> was I his mean, claim. So yeah. it's like, is that revenge for the hobo thing? Like, I don't. Well, I mean, you know, we we've seen that in some of the other killers we've talked about over the years that were like abused as kids or yeah. whatever. They said that they were doing it as revenge for for that. So maybe. So, like you said earlier, he claimed that after escaping the reform school, along with an uh, inmate, uh, Jimmy Benson, they were both involved uh, in a string of burglaries, robberies, and arsons throughout the Midwest until they split up. Yeah. Uh, in 07, 1907, By when he was way, 15. Those, those um, arsons, they usually involved stealing from churches and then burning them down. Dude, he was black metal before it was cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where you at, Varg? <laughs> Grow a pair. Varg buddy. don't got shit on Carl Panzerum. <laughs> Varg don't have shit. <laughs> Living in the French French forest. He ain't no Carl Panzerum. Uh at the age of fifteen, after getting drunk in a saloon in Montana, he enlisted <laughs> in the army. Not like anybody, any normal boy. Uh shortly after he was convicted of larceny and served a prison sentence. <laughs> Dude, this is at age 15. Like this guy. So he he served a prison sentence from 1908 to 1910 at Fort Leavensworth uh disciplinary barracks. Secretary okay. of War William Howard Taft approved the sentence. Panzerum later later claimed that any goodness left in him was smashed out during his Leavenworth prison imprisonment. Um, it's hard to believe that he had any good in him at all when you read about this man's life. Um, so of course, after he did his time, he was released with a dishonorable discharge and he resumed his career as a thief, stealing anything from bicycles to yachts and was caught and imprisoned multiple times, serving time under his own name and various aliases, uh, in Fresno, California, Rusk, Texas, uh, in yeah. Oregon, uh, Idaho, Montana, uh, he went through multiple correctional facilities, but while in- incarcerated, uh, he frequently attacked officers and refused to follow their orders. Officers retaliated and subjected him to beatings and other punishments, which I'm pretty sure he hmm. got a kick out of because he just dealt Probably. it right back to him. Um, yeah. in his autobiography, he quoted he was quoted as calling himself rage personified that he would rape men oh. whom he had robbed. He was later, he was noted for his large stature and great physical strength due to the years of hard labor at Leavenworth and other prisons, which oh. aided in him overpowering most men he encountered like that. I mean, that's one thing too, like being, he was like six, one super strong and obviously rage personified. <laughs> so he had, zero fucks to give and was just out like you know most people have to question about like even in a fight most dudes are like oh i should i should probably like maybe i stop this dude didn't have a filter like that's he would just encounter somebody and beat him to death you know Um, yeah 
I mean, he engaged in vandalism and arson. By his own admission, one of the few times he didn't engage in criminal activity was when he was employed as a strike breaker against union employees. Uh, on one occasion, yeah, he I... tried to sign aboard as a ship steward, uh, but was discharged when he showed up drunk. Yeah, um, I, I was reading kind of into his the after the whole Leavenworth thing. Yeah. He he was really like kind of a crazy drifter, you know. Always the whole burglary, arson, and rape, always targeted at men. Yeah, yeah. Through Kansas, Texas, Oregon, California, Washington, Idaho, and Utah. Yeah, just hopping trains and doing all kinds of so, crazy stuff. Then after his second incarceration and escape from a prison in Oregon, <laughs> yeah, he escaped multiple times. <laughs> yeah, he went to the East Coast. In New York, he joined a number of unions and actually got a seaman's identification card, allowing him to join a ship and travel to Panama, where he was plotting to steal a boat of a small boat of his own with the help from a sailor and who got drunk and wound up killing everyone on the boat and getting arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, th just this whole next section. He went to Peru and worked in a copper mine. And then when those workers went on strike, he just left and went to Chile. During during those months, he went to Port Arthur, Texas, London, England, Glasgow, Scotland, Paris, France, and Hamburg, Germany. Yep. And in the summer of 20, he's back in the States finally. And there he bro <laughs> broke into the home of the then Secretary of War and later U.S. President William Howard Taft. <laughs> yeah. So... And stole the forty-five handgun out of William Howard Taft's house that he used later used in several murders. Yeah, I mean, and so here's here's the thing. Uh, in his biography, he claims, and there's like a whole section. I'm I think I'm gonna yeah. kind of skip over it because it's, uh, you know, it's not super in relevant. But we'll just say between the years of 1910 and 1920 he went to jail multiple times escaped yeah. several times uh murdered multiple people so it, he served 61 days in solitary confinement and then yeah. escaped and after two shootouts he was recaptured <laughs> And brought back where he was escaped, where he escaped again by sawing through the bars of his cell. This guy, <laughs> he he sh he would shave his mustache. He changed his name. He started going by John O'Leary, uh, which is going to come up in a little bit. Uh, ending up in New York, and then, like you said, that's when he went to Panama and started traveling the world because he escaped from prison multiple times. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I was I was reading here, you know, um after he robbed the home of William Howard Taft, he he fenced the stolen goods in Manhattan and then mm. he used that money to buy a yacht. <laughs> yep. And he began cruising up and down the East River, burglarizing other yachts and raping and <laughs> killing sailors that he hired as crew and so, dumping their bodies in the ocean. One of no, I don't think it talks about it here, but one of the most infamous tales of Carl Panzerum is that during one of his, uh, you know, yacht capades, um, yeah. it's said that he stole this yacht and then hired a, a team of men to work for him only for him to go through and murder 
each one of them by shooting them and then feeding them to crocodiles. Uh, I don't know if that was ever actually like, you know, verified that, but I mean, through his time, it's, it's very possible. Um, so yeah, like you said, he <laughs> burglarized William Taft's off like his home. He's stealing boats going across, you know, multiple countries. Uh, in 1921, he was the foreman of an oil rig in Angola and then later burned the rig down out of spitefulness. <laughs> um, now, this is this is really brutal, uh, what I'm about to tell you. Uh, but he later claimed that while there, he raped and killed a boy. And in his confession, he wrote, his brains were coming out of his ears when I left him and he will never be any deader. If that tells you how brutal this man was, uh, oh, and it does say here, he claimed he hired a boat with six rowers, shot the rowers with a Luger pistol, and then threw their bodies to the crocodiles. Um, after he returned to the United States, uh, he again raped two boys, beating one to death with a rock on July 18th, 1922 oh. in Salem, Massachusetts and then strangling the other that year in New Haven. Uh, after his m murder spree, he worked as a night watchman. Uh, he made a sexual acquaintance with a 15-year-old boy. He uh, In Providence, he stole a yawl and sailed to New Haven for victims to rob and rape and boats to steal. And in New York, he stole a yacht belonging to a police chief. Uh, he picked up the boy that he had this relationship with, promised him yeah. a job on the boat, but instead sodomized him. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's just, okay. this guy is all over the place. You know, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of? I'm just, I'm using this as a, as the best metaphor that I can to process all of this. But if you remember in some of the older Grand Theft Auto games, when you would pick up those rampage tokens, <laughs> yeah, it's like he just never left the rampage state. <laughs> He just he stayed in that a one area. Token, and he's just been stuck on that ever since. So, on uh, June 27th, on the river near Kingston, New York, New York, Panzerm claimed he used a 38 pistol from the stolen yacht to kill a man who attempted to rob him. Uh, oh. And then he threw the body in the river. On the 28th of June, Panzerum and the boy that he's had with him this whole time uh, yeah. docked in Poughkeepsie. He stole $1,000 worth of fishing nets, sailed away to Newburgh, New York, and the boy who he had with him after witnessing this murder jumped overboard and swam to shore and reported to the police that he was sexually assaulted by Panzerum. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, somehow, for whatever reason, Carl never killed this kid. He kept him with him, basically, to just sexually assault him, which is not anywhere in his MO. Like... Anyone yeah. that came across him and he sexually assaulted, he shot him and then threw him off his boat. Like for whatever yeah. reason, he kept this kid alive and the kid was like, Nope, dipping out. And then went and reported him. Uh, and the police then set out an alert for captain John O'Leary. Uh, and mm. he was actually arrested. Um, on July 9th, he tried to escape from jail. He later conned his lawyer by giving him ownership of a stolen boat in return for bail money. Uh, wow. Panzerum skipped bail. The boat was confiscated. 
And on the August 26th, he was again arrested in New York after breaking into a train depot. Uh, three days later, O'Leary, quote O'Leary, uh, he yeah. was cleared. He was cleared as a suspect in a stabbing death committed in mo- uh, a month prior. Uh, he was sentenced to five years imprisonment. And while in county, he confessed to the alias jo- Jeff Baldwin, and he was wanted in Oregon. Uh, so he was discharged in July of 1928, and he allegedly committed a murder in Baltimore Baltimore that same summer. So, I, go ahead. I, I'm just, I'm reading about some of this stuff. What year, where are we at in his career? What year right now? 28, 1928. 28, you know, I was reading some details of... Okay, in 1923, whenever he tried to rob a train depot, Mm -hmm. and he was sentenced to five years in prison, right there, you know? Yeah. Uh, Which he served at the Clinton Correctional Facility, which Mm -hmm. was known as one of the most brutal prisons in America at the time. And, you know, the the guards were known for abusing and torturing the inmates. Yeah. And Pansrum, of course, you know, he didn't give a shit either way. Yeah. during during just months of being in prison there, he tried to firebomb the workshops and then tried to kill a guard by beating him from behind. Well, we're, then he we're, tried to escape by jumping over a prison wall, but fell down on a concrete step and broke his legs and ankles, and his <laughs> spine was badly injured. And because he was such such a shithead, they wouldn't give him medical treatment for 14 months. Jesus Christ. So after he was finally operated on in the prison infirmary in the recovery room, he raped a fellow inmate. <laughs> what? That's the first thing he does? Yeah. They're like, all right, man, we fixed your back and your legs. What are you going to do? He's like, ah, I'm going to rape that guy over there. Like, <laughs> it, So we're about to get into some of the more like a bonker shit that he did. Like, it's at this point it should be very apparent that nothing is out of the ordinary with Carl. Now, no August 30th, 1928, he was arrested in Baltimore for burglary. Yeah. He stole radio and jewelry uh, from the home of a dentist during his interrogation. He confessed to killing three boys earlier that month, uh, one in Salem, one in Connecticut and one in Philadelphia. He later wrote that he contemplated mass killings and other acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply with arsenic, or he considered scuttling a British warship in the harbor to provoke a war between the United States and Britain. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, not only is he like, all right, rape, murder, robbery that's cool what if i can start a war between two countries this guy (laughs) so in light of his extensive criminal record he received a 25 years to life sentence upon arriving back in leavenworth federal penitentiary inmate number 31614 he warned the warden he was quoted i'll kill the first man that bothers me and he was oh. given a job in the prison laundry room where the foreman, Robert Warnke, was known to bully and harass the other prisoners under him and chose, oh. wrongfully, to antagonize Pansrum. 
despite repeated warnings from Panzerum to leave him alone. So Panzerum tried to do him a favor, told him to leave him alone. He didn't. On June 20th, 1929, Panzerum made good on his threats and he beat Warnke to death with an iron bar and then was sentenced to death. (laughs) By the way, he beat this dude to death with the iron bar in front of all the other inmates. (laughs) And then, after that, started attacking the other inmates, too. (laughs) You know, he's like beating this dude's skull in and stands up and is like, you. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, this... If again, if you haven't gotten how crazy he is, this is where it really shows, like we said in the beginning. So he wasn't sentenced to death when he arrived in that prison. It took him beating this guard to death uh, for him to be, a, you know, sentenced, sentenced finally to the death penalty. Yeah. Once he was sentenced to death, uh, people actually tried to appeal it because even back in the 20s, apparently, uh, people were fighting against the death penalty. Carl Hmm. refused to allow any appeals to his sentence and in response to offers from the death penalty opponents and human rights to intervene, he wrote to them, quote, the only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that my hands are on it. (laughs) While on death row, Panzer befriended an officer named Henry Philip Lesser, who would give him money to buy cigarettes. Panzerum was so astonished by this one act of kindness that after Lesser provided him with writing materials, Panzerum, while awaiting execution, wrote a detailed summary of his crimes and his nihilistic philosophy. In this, uh, he made it clear that he did not repent in the least of all his robbery, murder, rape, and arson that he had been involved in, And it began with a straightforward statement. And this is one of the most infamous quotes. uh, And we'll get to his most famous quote in a second. Okay. Uh, He was quoted as saying, In my lifetime, I have murdered 22 human beings. I've committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons, and last but not least, I've committed sodomy on more than 1,000 male human beings. For all of these things, I am not in the least bit sorry. (laughs) Panzerum was hanged on September 5th, 1930. As officers attempted to place a black hood over his head, he allegedly spat in the executioner's face. When asked for any last words, he responded with, Yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. His grave at the Leavenworth Penitentiary penitentiary cemetery is marked only with his prison number 31614 oh and that is the story of carl panzerum and it's just so wild all he was just he was just wildened for his entire (laughs) life he was asking for the death penalty from the get-go well and i could you know think the craziest stuff you know is his his schemes for mass murder he's just he just really didn't like people <laughs> you know he he wanted to poison a whole water supply or start a or war, start a war. <laughs> uh, when, <laughs> one of his other quotes was today i am dirty but tomorrow i'll i'll be just dirt oh and not to mention 
he accomplished a lot of this other stuff after he had his back, leg, and ankles <laughs> broken <laughs> and had a limp. <laughs> Jesus. And he still managed to like strangle a man during a robbery in Philadelphia and committing dozens more burglaries and he still managed to do that even after he was all crippled basically so i want to read you a couple quotes from him and i guess these are these come from his book um and like his autobiography and things yeah uh, he said, I have no desire whatsoever to reform myself. My only desire is to reform people who try to reform me. And I believe the only way to reform people is to kill them. Oh. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I don't believe in man, God, nor devil. I hate the whole damned human race, including myself. I preyed upon the weak, the harmless, and the unsuspecting. This lesson I was taught by others might makes right. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry for two, only two things. These two things are, I'm sorry that I've mistreated some few animals in my lifetime, and I'm sorry yeah. that I'm unable to murder the whole damned human race. <laughs> Oh my god. That man is hate. Like he is just he is the epitome of hate and evil. Hey, another quote from him says, I was so full of hate that there was no room in me for such feelings as love, pity, kindness, or honor or decency. <laughs> my only regret is that I wasn't born dead or not at all. Jesus Christ. This guy. I don't think I've I don't think we've ever encountered anybody who was just just so and he's evil. Like he is yeah. evil. Yeah. I mean what Well, I mean like we said he got arrested for drunk being drunk and disorderly at 8 years eight, old. 8 years old. <laughs> I mean, oh, what? Damn. How, he was Stole what? his first gun at like eight, two. <laughs> yeah. He did all of this before he was 40. Like, yeah. He died he when he was 40. Yeah. He died when he was 39. And meanwhile, I can barely get around on some days. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm only in my mid 30s, and Carl Panzerm's out there traveling the world, just raping thousands of men and. Dude, his people, his prison pictures are insane. Yeah, like he always the... just looks really, really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Executed by hanging. Good lord. Yeah, that's Carl Panzerm for you. Um, I don't. There's a couple pictures. That, uh, but I don't know if these are real or not. There's a couple that show him like shirtless and he had like a tattoo on his chest. Oh, really? But I don't, I don't think those are real. Oh, yeah. This, I was just looking at one Dude. of the pictures of Carl Panzer and one of his mugshot things and he just looks really mad. <laughs> yeah. His dude, the picture of him, like when he, his, when, I'm assuming one of his last prison photos because it has the 
the number, the three one six one four. Um, yeah. He just looks pissed. Got that yeah, side that picture. Profile. That's the one I'm looking at too. Yeah. <laughs> he looks really mad. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, this guy wasn't even just an American serial killer. He killed people all over the world. <laughs> Uh, I think he's one of the most unique ones that we have talked about to this yeah. to this date. Uh, mainly just because, kind of like I said earlier on, he wasn't really motivated by sex or revenge or it was just a power thing. He just he just really he really hated people and just <laughs> just wanted to inflict lots of pain. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much just that was his deal. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a well, couple like there's a movie on him, so I mean I don't know how accurate it is, but oh, you can always movie, huh? try try to look that up. It's if it's anything like the Iceman movie, it was not accurate at all. Oh, maybe we can talk about the Iceman next week. Yeah, we we might could we might could do the Iceman. All right. Well, um, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys later on in the week for a uh, another normal episode. Yep. Uh, catch us every Saturday for more Serial Saturdays or until we get tired of doing it. <laughs> yeah. And we'll move on we'll, to the next thing. Competitive we'll yo-yos. Yo-yos, yeah. We'll just... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, later. I'm going to get out of here. Bye. Bye.